it's fine. No one's on Twitter anymore, so no one will notice when he does his stupid <laughs> social media stuff. Oh, man, he's Just huge on Mastodon. Hello and welcome to All Four Quarters, your one-stop shop for news, views and overreactions to all things NFL. Uh, this week it's the AFC North that's getting previewed. Who's going up, who's going down, who's going sideways? Hey, we got Connor here, we got Sean. Hello. And we got Ronan. Hello. How are we getting on, lads? Any crack? The sun is still shining in Cork. We've got a great stretch of weather between the recording of these two last podcasts. Excellent. I, 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 can't, I can't believe Inter Milan won the football. <laughs> Oh no, it's coming from an alternate youth convention. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, 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 nothing too wild or crazy since the last recording, I suppose. Um, we will kick straight into our previews, I think. So let's start with the Ravens, Sean. I'll come to you on these guys. Ins and outs, uh, they've added offensive coordinator Todd Bunkin and defense coordinator Mike McDonald. Uh, they've added Odell Beckham Jr. and Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar, Laquan Treadwell to the wide receiver core. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Molasses Salah, Avanome Lualu, and Andrew Voorhees. Uh, and then the defensive side, Rocky Sin, Q, Blue Kelly, Trenton Simpson, Traverius Robinson, and Angelo Blackson. Uh, they've lost Greg Roman and Don Wink Martindale, Calais Campbell, JPP, Justin Houston, Stephen Means, Marcus Peters, Kyle Fuller, Chuck Clark, uh, Ben Powers, Tristan Colon, Joan James, Josh Oliver, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, and Kenyon Drake. Uh, so, Sean, this is a team that paid their quarterback. They've got stability to that position for a bit. They've got a new offensive coordinator. They've got a lot of new weapons added in here. Uh, do we think this will be the season where people stop talking about Lamar Jackson as being more of a running back than a quarterback? Is the promise of this becoming a pass-heavy offense where I believe he claimed he'll throw for 6,000 yards? Is that is that realistic? Well, um, uh, I mean, I think he would be better if he just went back to being 2019 MVP Lamar, which, you know, his strength, I mean, it's it's such a strange thing to be like, oh, if I don't become Peyton Manning of, of passing, then I'm not a good quarterback. He's a different kind of quarterback. Like he has, as long as he has a, a reasonable passing threat, but backs it up by his amazing ability to just break plays open with his running, then he'll have a really good season. Um in terms of the Ravens, I mean, I think it was very important for them to get this job done in terms of getting Lamar uh, re-signed. He's such a huge part of this team, and it would be so difficult to transition beyond him because they don't really have much of an offense um, beyond uh, what Lamar can do. Um, certainly in, in a passing game, they don't they, – they didn't – I mean, we can talk a little bit about, I'll talk a little about the, the incoming wide receivers, but, you know, for the past few years, it's been just Mark Andrews uh, as the receiving um, thing and then, and, you know, uh, running by committee. So their, their offense has really been dependent on Lamar, and it's very important that they get him back. Hopefully now, for their perspective, he's happy. He's back in the zone. He's committed to the project, et cetera, et cetera. And he, we have one of his good seasons. Because at his peak, when he was MVP Lamar, he was, he was just a joy to watch. He really was the most exciting player in the NFL even if not he wasn't necessarily the best quarterback but he certainly was the one you would want to if it was on red zone and the Ravens were on you you'd suddenly get excited because you knew Lamar was going to do something or if they the Ravens were on TV you'd, you'd actually be willing to sit down and watch them it hasn't really been that way for a while partly because uh, of injuries and partly because Lamar you know, feels like he hasn't been as bought into the project as as 
much as, as necessary. The Ravens kind of have, have had two seasons completely destroyed by injuries. They looked, they looked quite good at the start of both of the last two seasons and then kind of petered out very quickly after that. Um, I don't have any kind of questions, I guess, about the, the coaching side of it. I mean, I, I trust John Harbaugh uh, explicitly. Um, the, they, they brought in Todd Munkin, who's he, more of a college guy, as I understand it, in terms of his successes. I think he, Georgia was his big thing um, um, from, a, from a coaching point of view, although he has had some experiences briefly as, as a coordinator on the Bucks and the Browns, uh, at least. So I... I uh, the offense, I don't think, is necessarily going to take a, a huge step up. There are going to be some questions on the defensive side. The loss of Wink Martindale as DC, he, I do think he was one of the best. He did seem to be one of the best defensive minds in the NFL, just in terms of getting you know solid, reliable, and getting the best out of the pieces that he has. They've also lost a lot of you know veteran talent in terms of Calais Campbell and Marcus Peters, uh, etc. So there's questions about can that defense make the next transition. The defense has always been a very big part of John Harbaugh's Ravens. As long as they had a solid defensive base, that the, the, the offense never needed to be spectacularly brilliant. And when it was spectacularly brilliant, i.e. in 2019, and the Ravens were were basically almost untouchable um, until Lamar had his his you know, the, the playoff hiccups uh, or whatever. So I think there, there perhaps it's interesting for the Ravens. There may be more questions about how this defense makes its evolution to the next step under Mike McDonald than what this offense do going to do. I think this offense, as I don't, if they try and turn Lamar into a passing quarterback, I think it will fail. Uh, obviously OBJ is good, but he is, he's a number of years past his prime at this point. And then the other you know, big signing is Zay Flowers, uh, you know, the, the supposedly explosive rookie, but, you know, rookies can, can never be trusted. Other than that, you're maybe relying on people like Devin Duvernay, who, who had a very good, se- a good season by his standards last year, and maybe Rashad Bateman uh, or something like that. So there there are some, and obviously Mark Andrews still as the reliable tight end. So I, I think they need to focus on what Lamar is good at on the offensive side. If they do that, then I think they will be successful. But I think whether or not this team say wins this division or can can compete with the Bengals is how good this defense continues to be. Can you build around players like Rokon Smith and, and Marlon Humphrey to build the next evolution? Can Kyle Hamilton, who was the exciting uh, rookie from last year, who's supposedly the, the, the savior um, of secondary football, the next, the next evolution, whether they can make something out of him. That's where I think this team is, is going to is going to succeed and fail, is if they can get this defense to, to evolve to the next step. And I do think it will be a challenge, especially without, without uh, Martindale there uh, as the DC. Um, and I think the big problem what they have is that they're no longer the best team in their division. I think for a while they could comfortably rely on, as long as we have Lamar, we are the best team in our division. Um, but now the Bengals have definitely, last year's playoff run has established, and indeed the back end of the regular season last season has established the Bengals as the number one team in the AFC North, and the Ravens have to get that back. Um, and I, I maybe don't see it this year, but I think that they, they're, they're building, they're presumably building towards something good in the future and as long as they have Lamar then they have a fighting chance yeah like I think on the offense that's what people will be interested in I think the defense is important and I think you know I think you made some good points there but on the offense you know were these the right moves we'll get see but they were big moves right they obviously sign up Lamar Jackson I think that's a huge change like right like, like it could be a negative of course like maybe you know you get paid and then you start taking it easy, but I do definitely feel like the last couple of seasons, Lamar Jackson, due to his unhappiness, has been affecting 
the kind of relationships in the locker room, the relationship with the coaching staff. The hope is that with the, all the money, you reset things, you have a new offensive coordinator, you can clear things out. And look, Greg Roman's offense, it's one of these kind of like, like almost like a Mourinho type offense where it looks good the first couple of years, like when the kind of the play action and the kind of quarterback running kind of confuses everyone. But once people catch up to it, um, then it is basically sorted out. And he just can't, he can't scheme a good passing game. And that's kind of a disadvantage in the NFL. That's kind of what we saw with Greg Roman during the Colin Kaepernick uh, era uh, with San Francisco as well. So Todd Monken obviously had a lot of success with Georgia, albeit the success with Georgia was mostly defensive related. Um, but obviously he'll be trying to build around the strengths of Lamar. And he now has a lot more passing options available. Like OBJ... Is he good? I have no fucking idea. He's been out of season. Like, to be <laughs> fair, the last time we saw him... We can rebuild end, him. At the end of that Super Bowl run for the Rams, and he looked invested, he did look good. But, you know, he's one of these guys where you kind of want to get a quick go going fast because if the there's a sense that things are kind of going off the rails, I don't think he's a guy who's going to be sticking around and like putting in uh, all of his effort necessarily. Zay Flowers, quite highly liked in the draft process. Probably the most uh, complete receiver in terms of being a guy who can compete on the inside or outside. Um, so definitely a lot of upside there. And even the guy like Nelson Aguilar, like no one's going to you know blow the doors down for Nelson Aguilar. But if you compare that to like getting in like 30,000-year-old Deshaun Jackson like they had to do at the end of last year, or even guys like you know uh, Demarcus Robinson being starters last year, I think he's an upgrade over those guys. Um, I think there is some concerns on the offensive line. Like, you know, they definitely need Ronnie Stanley to have a healthy year. And the rest of the pieces um, are solid, but I wouldn't say they're great. Like Morgan Moses at right tackle, Kevin Seitler, Tyler Linderbaum, Ben Cleveland. They're all fine. There's nothing wrong with them, but like they're not a strength necessarily. And some of the best Ravens teams have been based on that strength. And it'll be interesting to see how much they choose to bring in J.K. Dobbins and to a lesser extent Gus Edwards. I think J.K. Dobbins was coming off an injury last year, but looked okay coming back. Um, maybe not the same player he was, but if he comes back healthy, which we see with running backs, you know, it takes the kind of one or two seasons to get back to full strength. We saw that he can be an explosive element, and with all these other distractions uh, in the passing game, obviously going with Mark Andrews has continued to probably be the kind of de facto like receiver one. He could definitely be a productive factor there. So then on the defense, I think, yeah, Sean, you're right. Like moving from Wink Martindale is a huge transition for the team. Now, Mike McDonald has a lot of experience in this thing. He was basically with the Ravens for, I think, seven years. He then left to uh, be defensive coordinator in Michigan, where obviously their head coach is Jim Harbaugh at the college level, and he turned it into the number one unit in the country in his first year, and is now back with the Ravens. He's a very young guy, mid-30s, um, so obviously this is a bit of a risk, but obviously the, like you know, no team knows Mike McDonald better than the Ravens, and the Ravens have historically been one of the best self-scouting teams in the NFL. So if this guy is as good as we think he is, then I imagine what he'll try to do is create a more um, solid uh, defense. Like I think the problem with Wink Martindale was that that guy is aggressive. He loves blitzing. He loves creating pressure. His, uh, he loved a complex defense that created pressure. He didn't need the best uh, defensive uh, ends in the world. He needed guys who knew what they were doing, guys like Calais Campbell, Justin Houston, and he was able to scheme them into situations where they could just use their savvy and their veteran skills to get to the quarterback. Um, but it took a major step back because I think just as the injuries stacked up, and the, the, you know, two years ago the injuries were even worse, you know, the holes kind of showed and the kind of uh, you know, risk it approach, the high risk approach to Wink Martindale got exposed. So I kind of feel like McDaniel, McDonald, sorry, will probably take a more risk averse point of view, but that isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think this is a team that with the offense that they have can be more of an offense led uh, scheme. And I think 
another thing is just like you don't want to be losing your games uh, via defense, and the defense has been losing them some games in recent years, which is very on Ravens. Like so, you know, look, Mike McDonald is a risk, but if there's any team able to see this as a good risk or like we can bet that they know what they're doing it's probably the ravens but yeah the talent in the bat in the defense isn't great you know the defensive backfield is actually quite good like they have marlon humphrey they have kyle hamilton marcus williams uh, roquan smith at linebacker but the front seven like the, sorry the front the defensive line very weak like their second pass which is probably tyus browser maybe ojaba who's a guy who had an injury last year came back and the defensive tackles aren't great like michael pierce and Madubike. so you know, some of the traditional strengths of this defense in the front seven aren't really there <coughs> outside linebacker. So if Mike McDonald does turn this defense around and gets them back to where we expect the Ravens defense to be, he'll have done a good job because he's not necessarily given the pieces to kind of succeed immediately um, in terms of personnel in year one of his tenure. Yeah, like I'm seeing a bit of a regression on defense and I'm seeing them attempt to transition the offense and I think it'll take a bit longer to get that in place and to get that fully going. Uh, so I don't think they're going to be bad, but I don't think they're going to be as good as they possibly could be. Uh, and I think they're going to come up a little bit short in a division that is going to be a bit difficult. And if I remember correctly, they have a fairly tough enough schedule out there. Like I, I don't know whether OBJ is going to be the, the, anything even resembling what he was pre-injury bear in mind he's been he's not played in over a year at this point uh say flowers is a very exciting receiver but he's undersized and i'm not sure if we've got the accuracy at quarterback here to play an undersized receiver if they're not used to throwing outside now say flowers can do a lot of kind of short inside stuff maybe but like there's a reason that he likes his big bodied tight end uh and that that's what I'm looking for another one of on this roster to provide a bit more coverage, and I'm 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 just not seeing it at the moment. Maybe it comes from the running backs, something like that. But yeah, I think a slower start than they would like to see coming off this. But having signed Jackson to the longer term deal, this is a turning over new offensive and defensive coordinators. This is a building for a two or three year thing. Like I think it'll take a while to get him in a relationship with Zay Flowers that he can kind of use them as he wants to use them. I think they need to bring a few more pieces in if they want to build this as a more passing offense as well. Um, so I have them going nine and eight and missing the playoffs. Uh, they, they get the eight seed uh, with that for me. And not that they will be bad, but I just think that it's not going to click and they're going to lose a couple of close games that maybe in other years they would have, uh, they would have won. I'm a little bit higher, 11 and 6, 5C, going out in the divisional round. I'm, I'm placing a bit of trust in John Harbaugh that with the kind of distractions set aside that this team can get back on track and kind of show the quality for an entire season that they've shown in spits and spurts over recent years. So I have them 11 and 6 as well, which gives them all the 5 seed, but I have them going out in the wild card, mostly because the AFC is an absolute bitch of a conference and all the teams <laughs> are good. It's true. Yeah, that seems that seems fair to me. Uh, okay, next up we have the Bengals. Uh, they've added offensive tackle Orlando Brown and uh, offensive lineman Cody Ford. The skill positions they've added Irv Smith, uh, Chase Brown, Charlie Brown, and Andrea uh, Lasivas. I'm gonna I'm not gonna get that one right at all. Defensive side they've had Miles Murphy, Trishel. 
Bashman, uh, Nick Scott, Jordan Battle, DJ Turner, and Sidney Jones. They've lost Jesse Bates, Von Bell, and Brandon Wilson from their defensive backfield. Uh, on a more positive note, they've lost Eli Apple as well and Trey Flowers. For now, he's still out there. Uh, they also lost Hayden Hurst and Sam J. P. Ryan, missing one of the best mustaches in the game. Uh, this is a team that, you know, charged into the AFC Championship, looked very good, decimated the Bills en route. Um, they're trying to solidify this offensive line that was looking a little bit better at times last year, and they've put some more resources into it. Um, I, 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 I hesitate hesit to say, Rhoda, that like it's hard to think of what was the glaring weakness on this team last year um, that they needed to fix to get over it, because it felt like a fairly even-handed AFC Championship game. Uh, you know, uh, what do you think these guys are going to look like this year? Do you think? they found something like an extra gear or do you think they don't even have to? Yeah. Like I think they're at the top table. Like they deserve to be at the top table. We, you know, after maybe some skepticism after making the Super Bowl, that, okay, you know, ha ha ha. Oh, Zach Taylor. Who is he? Luna Narumu. That's a funny name. And then people are like, Oh wait, actually Zach Taylor. I don't know if he's like a great head coach, but he's certainly not getting in the way of his best players performing. Lou Anarumo feels like one of these guys that everyone's sleeping on, but will probably get a head coaching job one day. You know, he, he keeps turning out really good defenses without necessarily having like the big name players. Like, you know, your big name player is like Trey Hendrickson and DJ Reader, who are really good players, but they're not players who people are going like, oh my God, Trey Hendrickson. Like you probably wouldn't recognize Trey Hendrickson on the street if you met him. Um, so, you know, I think they have a good thing going here and they continue to have a good degree of continuity. Like they make the big splash play to get a left tackle around the brand. They hope this works out better than some of their, you know, recent big splash plays in the free agency market. Like uh, Leo Collins, for example, is still around on this team, but hasn't really worked out. But, you know, Orlando Brand, you saw what he was last year. He's a very good left tackle, maybe a better left tackle in the run game than the uh, offense game, but he's not a liability in the pass uh, uh, protection game either. And given what Joe Burrow has dealt with in the past, I'm sure it will seem like he's like a fucking like titan, basically, compared to what he's had to deal with. And like, look, Ted Karras and Alex Kappa and Jonah Williams, assuming they keep him, he asked, he asked for a trade after the Orlando Brown acquisition. That's a, it's not the best offensive line in the league, but it's like, they're all like at least average, right? Like left guard Cordell Volson's been a good find for them last year. He's one of the positives in the offensive line last year. So overall, I think, you know, Defensive line doesn't look like a problem right now. Now, obviously, they had a lot of injuries last year, but you could never predict that kind of stuff. And then you look at the the, the skill position, and of course, you got fucking Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Like, you know, with the exception of maybe uh, Hill and Waddle, there isn't really a better tandem in the league than that. That that's just like two amazing guys, and you got some solid depth, like Tyler Boyd or maybe uh, some other guys can come through. Um, uh, in addition to him, uh, in terms of other guys, Joe Mixon is on the team currently. Maybe he goes away. Um, I think after losing um, some AJ Piran, I think he's probably going to stick around. But he's he's fine. And I think you know, with the if the offensive line is better, I'm sure whoever you know might be replacing him will be fine. And the defense, as I say, under Lou Anarumo just works. Lou Anarumo, he's just a guy. He's a dude. Like he gets it done. Like you know. And he's just a guy, you know, these understated Italian guys like Dudon Arumo and Vic Fangio, they, they get the things done and they, they put together a good defensive line. Like the defensive line with Trey Hendrickson and DJ Reader. Like Trey Hendrickson is just one of these guys who picks up 10 plus sacks every season. Um, doesn't look amazing, but plays on every single down, never gives up on a play and is a good technician as well. 
Um, really good free agent signing from a few years ago. DJ Reader had a few health issues initially, but now is playing every year. And in terms of the modern NFL, where you need guys who can fill gaps, where to make the kind of three four scheme stuff work, he's one of the best in the in the, in, in the league at that. Um, so if you want to have that kind of uh, modern offense that kind of can continue to um protect the run sorry can focus on stopping the pass without giving up on the run like dj reader is the guy lots he would probably get paid a lot more now than he would did uh, when he was on um the free agency market a few years ago and outside that it's just guys like sam hubbard good contributor miles murphy's brought in as a rookie uh, first rounder to contribute to that line rotation and then jermaine pratt's been good count taylor Britt was very good in defensive backfield last year Awuzie and hilton are both solid guys in defensive backfield it's not guys who are going to make you go wow amazing let's go but like they don't seem like problems and even the two guys that they did like the two losses on the defense jesse bates and von bell like i think they're definitely a loss uh, but they've been preparing for that like dax hill was picked high in the draft last year they picked up jordan battle in the draft as well again this year nick scott picked up in free agency i think there'll be a little bit of a step in but if i look at the overall talent and lou anarumo i don't think it'll have a like a disastrous effect and like you know they played without bates and, and bell uh, in, in recent years and the, the defense hasn't basically fallen off a cliff before behind it despite Sean's animus against Eli Apple the defense is actually fine um, most of the time um, so overall like there's not really that much to say like I think the Bengals know who they are they're all into continuity it makes sense for who they are I think the, the biggest issue is just making sure their owner can scratch up enough money to make sure that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins get all paid. I think he sold the stadium right, naming rights last year. Um, and if he, can, if he can sort that out and keep these people together, I don't see any reason why they can't continue to be you know, an issue. Like Their biggest weakness is probably Irv Smith at tight end. Eh, I'm not really too bothered about that, and I'm sure they'll find someone who can fill that gap. Um, but overall, like the only issue is that they're in the AFC, and there's so much competition in the this fucking conference uh, that nothing is guaranteed but it's hard to not see them as a playoff contender and indeed as a Super Bowl contender based on what they've done in recent years yeah like the big the big worry for me if I'm to look at one is probably running back I always thought Mixon very good I think he lost a step last year I think if they could they would have brought someone in uh, I'm not discounting that they might still try and do that but I think at the moment they are kind of settling into he's going to be their guy this year. Um, there are there are veterans out there. Like obviously we, we talked about last podcast that you could see Cook being cut by Minnesota. Um, you could see someone like Fournette coming in. There are plenty yeah. of like if you need a veteran, if you're not happy with Mixon, you want to cut Mixon and have a veteran, and then some of these other guys like Chase Brown or Chris Evans or whatever uh, competes to see there. Then that you I think you have. Options. Oh yeah, yeah, but I just think yeah, like I think. They have always felt like a, a team that liked to have a like a big kind of bell cowy kind of back if they could. I know last year they didn't do as much of it, but I think that was because of the decline happening. I would love to see something like them take a punt on getting Derrick Henry out, out out of the Titans or something like that. But um, yeah, like that that'd be the one big glaring hole. Like you said, I like the pick of Orlando Brown. I think he's better in the run game, which is why I think like. Now will be the time to maybe capitalize on that a little bit more and, you know, take a little bit of the pressure off. Um, but yeah, like overall, this is a very good team. Uh, maybe some questions at the very back end of the defense. But, you know, this is this is a Chiefs in 2020 kind of era. Like they can put they've got an offense that can put up enough points that all the defense needs is one or two stops and that should keep them going pretty good so i'd be pretty happy with these guys um 
and, and they are a little bit out of time, like, you know, like, you know, maybe 10 years ago and certainly 20 years ago, if you had a good team, you just kept it together and you just keep going until it stops working. But in the modern NFL, like teams like the Eagles, even teams like the Chiefs have been willing to make big swings, have been willing to make big moves. And maybe Orlando Brown does qualify, but, you know, it seems like the, the Bengals are, relatively speaking, you know, they have that intrinsic conservative as to how they deal with it. But for now, it works because Joe Burrow pulls the whole thing together. And as long as we've got a move there, I think the defense will be fine. I, I think that is their strength, though, is the fact that they have been willing to work on a long-term project and everybody's on the same page. And, I mean, we've seen how Zach Taylor is even evolving as a coach, that he seems to be – he's making smarter decisions than maybe he was making two years ago in terms of of, of plays and, and ways to play. And, and the you know, obviously Burrow feels comfortable and they're, they're slowly expanding the way that they play the offense. And I, I really like that, that kind of consistency – that kind of that that this is a team this core will stay together forever. I mean the Bengals there's nothing not to love about this team. I mean I, they really they they quite silenced all doubters last year with that run where they you know they pushed the Chiefs all the way and they destroyed the Bills and they they really look like they belong and and there's no question about their their quality now. Like you guys I, I the secondary worries me a little bit. I I was a big fan of Jesse Bates. I think he did kind of li- pull that secondary together uh, as kind of the leader of that pack and they'll need to replace that but they do have a coming back off injury which is good and they don't have Eli Apple uh, and I and I, I do think you're misrepresenting my position I don't think the Bengals I never thought the Bengals had a bad defense I just thought Eli Apple is a terrible quarterback oh yeah no I, I that, that's what I took from your take and I always thought you just hated Eli Apple and I agree with you yeah uh, and now they don't need to worry about that anymore so. well no because oh, yeah. they're going to re-sign him I guarantee they're going to re-sign him Great guy in the uh, locker room, you know. Get if, those, get yeah. those tweets going, you know. If they still have I questions think... in the backfield, they're gonna sign him because he knows the system. Like it's, yeah. it's fine. No one's on Twitter anymore, so no one will notice when he does stupid <laughs> social media. Stuff. Oh man, he's huge on Mastodon or whatever the fuck has <laughs> succeeded. Yeah, and, it. And, and, and like TikTok is all algorithm, so I hope he, he isn't able to master that. He certainly hasn't mastered any uh, you know defensive algorithm, so I assume he'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you good? So I have the Bengals going twelve and five. That's good for the two seed, and I have them going out in the AFC Championship. I have them going 12 and 5, 3 seed out in the divisional round. And I have 13 and 4, and I'm giving them the 1 seed, and I think they're going to get to the Super Bowl, but they're not going to win it. Ooh, exciting times. Uh, excellent. Next up, we have the Browns. Um, so they've added Jim Schwartz uh, to the defensive, or sorry, to the coaching staff. Then they've got Juan Thornhill, Rodney McLeod, Michael Ford, Cam Mitchell, Matt Adams, Delvin Tomlinson, Saki Ita, uh, Morris Hurst. Thurston Hills, Darius Smith, uh, Ogbonia, Okerwonkwo, Isaiah McGuire, the, the office inside, uh, Elijah Moore, Marquise Goodwin, Cedric Tillman, Jordan Atkins, Dewan Jones, uh, Luke Wilper. They've lost Joe Woods, John Johnson, Greedy Williams, Ronnie Harrison, Jadavian Clowney, Chase Winovich, Davin Bryant, Tay Davis, Jermaine Carter, Dion Jones, Reggie Ragland, uh, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson, Jacoby Brissett, Pharaoh Brown, Jesse James, Chris Hubbard, and Ohita Frobdholt. Right. This is a team that was an absolute abject mess last year. Nothing was working. Nothing made sense. Everyone was having relatively poor years. One or two of the standout players still had decent years, but like overall, utter garbage. Deshaun Watson, they've 
sold the house and the surrounding farmland to try and get their hands on him, and he stank and it souls. up. Don't forget their souls. And their souls. <laughs> the souls part comes later. Um, but yes, uh, to bring him in, and he was terrible. Now, argument could be said that it's because he was rusty. He hadn't played in over a year and a half at that point and so on. But like I remember that Deshaun Watson, the last year that he was playing for the Texans, was not actually phenomenal either, or at least wasn't getting wins out of the team. The chance for this team sits squarely on Deshaun Watson's shoulders of he needs to up his game and he needs to be able to play a little bit better because that is that is kind of the be all end all like this entire staff are gone if that doesn't start happening we look at the we look at the team they've got Nick Chubb uh, at running back who is great they've lost Hunt which I think is a mistake I think he would have stayed relatively cheaply he's not gotten picked up anywhere else yet so maybe he might still come back but we'll see wide receivers they've got weapons there Amari Cooper Elijah Moore Donovan People Jones uh, they got a decent tight end in Njoku like this is this is not a bad offense collection of weapons uh, on the line it's overall pretty good Betonio and Teller are particularly strong but like it's a, it's a decent line you know so this should be an offense that should be able to get some things done I think they probably probably are in the market if they could get their hands on um new hopkins they would in a second and put him in as the two um but yeah like in theory this should this should work but again all sits on whether last year's deshaun watson is what he is for the for the rest of time and i desperately hope it is because it would be great to fuck over cleveland like that for being such terrible people but we'll see there are there there's success runs on that because this defense has potential. Schwartz is a good defensive coordinator. They've got a lot of young talent on there. They don't have a ton of like blue chip. They've got Miles Garrett who's there and he's he's very good. Their defensive backfield is interesting. Ward is good. I like Thornhill. Um like McLeod is a fine rotational player. Like the Zadarius Smith was an interesting pickup for them. I think they've got pieces. They've maybe they maybe lack a bit of depth in that area, but like this is Shorts coming in. He'll put on his scheme. Hopefully it'll work. I'm sure he had a hand in selecting some of the players that were coming in here as well. So I'm sure he knows how they will fit into his scheme. So that'll be fine. Like, do we think that last year was just Deshaun Watson, Rusty, out of the league for a bit, he can get back to where he was five years ago? Or do we think that he's done, he's cooked? And I know we'd like it to be the second one, but I just want us to talk about do we think it will be the second one? Or do we think... Because even if he gets to kind of middle of the road, top 15 levels, you'd imagine this would be a significant turnaround for this team. I'm trying to I'm trying to think. I mean, the last time I saw him play well was that time that they almost won the AFC, which was... I mean, you think about it, that's like three years ago now. Um, and, yeah, they've never recovered from being 28 nothing up against yeah, the Chiefs. A bad move, bad move to go up that high. I mean... Icarus, I mean, baby, Icarus. Partly, the thing about the, partly this is, is obviously a scheme thing. And do they have the offensive scheme? And obviously the Browns have struggled even before Watson with, you know, people like Baker Mayfield didn't always necessarily live up to their potential within the system. You'd worry about 
whether or not the offensive scheme and the, the work of Stefanski is able to maximize what they have. And it's clear they don't really know what they have with Deshaun Watson in terms of his of his skills and his abilities and his deficiencies. And maybe a, a full offseason will help them have a better sense of what kind of quarterback they have and what kind of offense they therefore need. But I don't know if it's necessarily all, all linked up together. The, their wide receiver pieces seem, I mean, they're fine. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to pick any of them up. But, you know, Cooper is, is capable of having some good seasons. Uh, Elijah Moore is up and down. And and Donovan Peoples-Jones at least turns up every once in a while. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I, I would expect it to be better than last year solely because they've had some time to actually work out how it's going to work. But I don't necessarily see how they're going to make that step back up. To, to, to say where they were two years ago when the when the you know the defense was clicking and the offense was doing enough to get them into the into the divisional round or whatever. I don't I think Watson's definitely lost a step, but I don't think it's going to be the disaster it was last year solely because they'll have some time to actually work out how to make this offense work. Yeah, I th- I think you know the the floor isn't actually as low as you might think in this team. Like you, you're right, Connor. Like last year was a disaster, but they still managed to pick up seven wins. Um, even what was still a pretty tough division. Um, some of those wins were pretty ugly, particularly down the back end where Watson was floofing around. Uh, but like Stefanski, it's kind of weird. Like Stefanski, this is a huge year for him. Obviously, he had that really big feel-good first year where he got them to the playoffs. And, you know, they thought for a second there that Baker Mayfield was the future. And then that didn't work out. And then they made the Faustian bargain and they, they traded away the farm uh, and the land and the soul to get Deshaun Watson. And now they're just stuck with it for multiple years. Like they still, you know, obviously they have no first round and a bunch of picks missing this year. They have a bunch of picks missing next year. So they're just where they are, where they are. But they do have the floor of Nick Chubb. Like Nick Chubb is the best pure runner in the NFL right now, I would think. Like it's between him and, and Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry's a little bit on uh, in the two at this point. Um, and so they have a base there. And Stefanski knows how to put together a solid running game. Um, like Chubb had the most yards per carry, I believe, last year. Uh, of any running back so you know if you have that you're not going to be a disaster but you know I suppose if you have a first round pick you don't care about like you know it wouldn't be a disaster if you like that happened anyway but it's fine and Amari Cooper as Sean points out he's not probably the guy he was at his peak but he's still a solid wide receiver one he showed some of his skills last year he's not a problem and then out of Elijah Moore or DPJ or Marquise Goodwin or even Cedric Tillman the rookie I'm sure they'll find someone who could be a reasonable tandem because they're not going to like the, the pass game I think ideally will not be the focus of the offense because they have they still have a good offensive line. Jedrick Wills, a little bit of a down year last year, but had a really good rookie campaign. Betonio and Teller, I think, are two of the best guards in the league, so you're going to get some push up the middle. And Jack Conklin, maybe a little bit past his prime, but solid right tackle. And Pochick was pretty good at center for them last year, so they'll be happy enough to continue with him. And Joku's a bit of an X factor. We'll see. Obviously, got that big contract. Was a bit better last year. Obviously, he's capable of big plays, but needs to be able to do it consistently. And then you yeah, have the defense. There are flashes of what could be a really good defense and Jim Schwartz is obviously a big ticket name to bring in obviously a guy with like acres of experience over the years um obviously some good uh, some less good with Detroit although as a head coach rather in DC but he's known for being aggressive right so if you have guys like Garrett and now Darius Smith you got the two edge rushers that you need to go after the other quarterbacks to make their life difficult and even though I would say the interior defensive line is a little bit of a question even with the additions of Tomlinson and Ika you know, we'll see where it goes. And I think the, the, the linebacker and, 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 and defensive backfield, you know, outside Ward, is there anyone elite? I wouldn't say so. 
but there's enough like guys who either have already shown enough or who have certain like of upside like uh, Osu Koromoa that I think they can make that work. And even if you have like a guy like Ombogia Okoroko who you picked up in free agency, is this kind of going to rule the world? No, but is this a guy you can put in on a rotational edge rusher or defensive lineman and get good results? That's what he showed in Houston. I think he can do that here. So there's every reason to believe the Browns could be good, but with Deshaun Watson and just, just the kind of sense that this was a project going in a certain direction in a happy, slow, steady way. And that's the way Stefanski kind of feels. He kind of feels more like a, a Kubiak type coach um, where, you know, let's just play it safe, build it up slowly, and then hopefully we'll reach the promised land. The Watson thing just felt completely out of the blue. It was obviously something that came from the ownership. And now they just have to deal with it. It's just a big shit in the middle of the floor. And they just have to hope that Watson can do enough to, to clean it up enough that people will forget. They seem to have the fans who, on side who seem to fully bought into the no one understands this. Oh, aren't yeah, we're yeah. the real victims bullshit. But so, so I suppose that's good for, for ownership and the coach. But for Stefanski, I don't think this is the situation he would choose, but it's what he's got. And there's enough talent here that they can compete. But as we say, it's a tough division. It's an amazingly tough conference. So to, to reach the playoffs and then to make an impact in the playoffs, the, everything will need to come together. And there's too many things that need to come together to gen, feel them as a genuine force right now. Yeah, I, I don't see them as a contender for the playoffs. I think they need to get 500 or a little above. Uh, if they have if they have a down year, I think this might be it for uh, for Stefanski because oh, yeah. like it's just you know the problem the problem is they're still I think on that contract tied to Watson for another two years or so at least but um, yeah look we'll figure it out I I think it's a little bit unfair because I think he is a good coach but it's just the situation he's been put in yeah. Yeah, it would be tough to make something out of it. No, so we'll see. I have them doing enough to actually keep it going. I have them going 9 and 8, which is good enough for the 9 seed. I have it falling out 6 and 11, but this is another one of these high-variance teams. It's hard yeah, to yeah. peg them. I've got them 7 and 10, replicating last year's uh, record. Uh, 11th, 11th best in the AFC. Fair enough. Um, yeah, not really contenders. We'll see. Uh, you fucking deserve it, Cleveland. Take your punishment. <laughs> Um, finally, we'll look at the Steelers. Sean, I'll come to you on these guys. They've added in on the offensive line, Broderick Jones, uh, Isaac Simuleo, Nate Hedberg, and LaRaven Clark. And they've also had a tight end, Darnell Washington, who's meant to be a big-bodied blocker rookie. Uh, defensive side of the ball, Patrick Peterson, Joey Porter Jr., Chandon Sullivan, Keanu Neal, Corey Trice Jr., uh, Cole Holcomb, uh, Alandon Roberts, Nick Herbig, Tanner Muse, Keanu Benton, Armin Watts and uh, Marcus Golden. They've lost Cam Sutton, Akello Weatherspoon, William Jackson, Trayman, Terrell Edmonds, Carl Joseph, Marcus Allen, and Arthur Malowit, uh, Devin Bush, Miles Jack, Robert Spillane, uh, Tyson Alomalu, uh, Chris Warmley, uh, Malik Reed. Uh, they also lost Mason Rudolph, uh, Derek Watt, Benny Snell, and Trent Scott. Uh, this is the Beast that cannot die will never, ever have a losing season, I suppose. And if they prove that, the last season or two has shown that they can pull it out of anywhere. Um, they're adding into the offensive line. They've got the young quarterback. They've got the young wide receiver. Uh, they've got, you know, Najee is their hometown hero kind of style. Do we think uh, they're going to be able to kick it up a bunch this year or are they going to sit around that 500 mark again? I mean, it, it kind of feels like 
so much, so many other teams are doing exciting things, and the Steelers just aren't. And it, it just seems so typically Steelers to just, you know, keep the clock ticking over, do you know enough to refresh the team. You know, some players, some big players leave. You bring in some other, you know, uh, useful big names in replacement. Uh, and you're just, if you're Mike Tomlin, it seems like you, you seem to be just happy with the perpetual nine and eight season going forward in time. It, it, Steelers are, of all the teams, I think, it, it, certainly in the AFC, that they're, they're probably the least interesting team in terms of, it's, it's very hard to see, you know, what, what the hope, what the crowd or what the fan base should get excited about this team for. Uh, in terms of the offense, I mean, it, it's obviously the post Rottlesberger transition is still ongoing. They, they seem to have uh, put their hat, put their hat on Kenny Pickett being the, the guy. I, I don't necessarily buy that at all. I mean, I think he showed flashes last year that he could become a, a decent quarterback, but I don't think he's ever going to be anything better than say the 12th best quarterback in the NFL or something like that. He, he feels like he's in the, he's in the Mac Jones category of quarterbacks rather than anything more spectacular than that. And maybe that's what the Steelers want, but it's, it's not necessarily the way to win stuff in the NFL. The more exciting element is Najee Harris. I think at running back, they seem to, if, if a run based offense is going to work in the NFL and outside the Titans, we don't really see it anymore these days, then perhaps Najee Harris is the way to go. I mean, the Steelers are, that's their identity. Traditionally is to be a run first team and maybe they can make it work with Harris. But, but uh, you know, I, I, I question to see how that's going to be competitive at the top end. Additions like, like I'm interested to see, I guess, how this, how this offense continues to evolve under Pickett and it, it play, how players like say Alan Robbins, for example, slot into that or can can players like Deontay Johnson get a step up? I mean, I do think that the 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 Claypool trade was maybe a bit of a mistake. He wasn't the most consistent player, but he was exciting, and maybe that's what the Steelers maybe are missing here, that they're going to do reliable things, but not necessarily exciting on the offensive side. The defense is a little bit more interesting in that there's been a bit of a transition away. Players like Miles Jack and Cam Sutton have left, but they brought in some interesting picks, like, like Patrick Peterson's been brought in. They drafted Joey Porter, who I, I had a look at him as a possible Pat, Pat's pick and he, he looked like quite an exciting uh, thing. They've got stars like TJ Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, uh, Cam Hayward, Alex Highsmith has his moments as well. So it's a very solid defense and I think they'll they'll very much build themselves upon this being a defensive team and anything exciting or dynamic that this team is going to be doing is going to be defensive side. You're going to be seeing this team more in terms of the sacks and the interceptions the defense are going to get to are going to be the kind of things that pop up on on uh, on red zone than necessarily anything the offense can can do. I, I I struggle to see. The problem is this is an offensive league now. We we live in a in a, in a world where you have to have some sort of exciting offense and really in, in a in a in a division which has people like Lamar Jackson at quarterback, Joe Burrow, and in a conference that has people like Josh Allen and um, Pat Mahomes. I, I just. Kenny Pickett is not the answer, and it's 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 that ultimate problem that they have now. Without a franchise quarterback, teams are just not competitive. And what the Steelers, they're kind of stuck with this. Well, we've got a middling, middle-of-the-road quarterback. Do we kind of stick it out with them and be a middling-of-the-road team for a while? Or do we start to do the kind of taking the kind of risks that, say, for example, that the Browns um, took? So I think this team will once again be kind of solid middle-of-the-pack uh somewhere between 7 and 10 and 10 and 7 probably. Um, they might sneak the playoffs, they might not. Um, I don't think they're going to be all that exciting to watch offensively, but their defense will be solid and reliable. And Tomlin will, I mean, Tomlin will get them the wins that they need because he's, he's Mike Tomlin and he, and he never has a losing season. 
Yeah, you have to respect the consistency, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I'm quite excited by this defense, to be honest. I think they were very good last year. I think, obviously, the injury to Watt hurt them a bit, but he's back. Hayward's there. Like, Ogunjobi is a good piece in there as well. Their defensive backfield is kind of where I get quite excited because I think they were good beforehand. I think they're really good now. I think Patrick Peterson's a bit long in the tooth, but, like, I like Joey Porter, how he projects in that thing. I like Minka Fitzpatrick. I just think that it's quite fun. Like, if, if you have Keanu Neal as depth, I think that's a good sign for your defensive backfield, you know? Uh, I'm with you on the offense. It's not the most exciting thing in the world. I think we saw Pickens look really good at times last year and has the potential to do much more. It does kind of land a bit on Pickett. You could say maybe they could have helped him out on the offensive line a little bit more or whatever, but, like, there are weapons enough there that, like, a bog-standard quarterback should be able to pull decent performances out of if you have johnson pickens and firemouth and then you've got whoever happens to come out of the rest of them be it you know the new tight end be it alan robinson having a bit of a resurgence you would hope that pickett will progress a bit and you'll be able to see something out of him now steelers have always been a little bit slow moving on quarterbacks and they are very very reticent to cut bait on guys who they have as well but We'll see. We'll see. Like I, I'm skewing more to the positive on them, and I've been quite down on the Steelers the last two or three years. But I, I don't think they're going to be world beaters. But I think very strong defense and an offense that like only needs to take one or two little baby steps forward to be able to winning a few more games. If they were under, if they were performing like they were last year and still able to pull out 500, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a little bit more development this year. Yeah. It. it... Look, it's a very respectable achievement what Mike Tomlin does um, every year in and out. Keeps them competitive. You know, that stuff that, like, Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick have had, like, down seasons and they fell below 500. Somehow Tomlin keeps the wheels going, even in what they looked like a pretty desperate situation last year. And he's obviously an amazing coach of men because everyone seems to buy into what he's doing. But the problem with the team is there's no juice. Like, Kenny Pickett's boring and he's like bad against zone coverage. He just lacks anticipation. I think that's particularly problematic because Deontay Johnson is a guy who lives off anticipation throws, and he just looked frustrated out there last year. Now, look, that's something maybe you can train him up into being. Maybe he can kind of find that. But right now, he's a guy who plays what he sees, not what he should like. What is going to happen, basically? And like Najee Harris was injured last year, but came on strong. So maybe they can build that kind of running back first offense. But work in the modern NFL like it kind of worked for the Titans one year and then they got their heads knocked off them by the Bengals despite sacking the other quarterback like 20 times in the playoffs like it's just it's not like you know unless you are Shanahan and you have Jimmy G it doesn't seem to work um but like you know the offensive line they've added more to it so that what was definitely a big problem a few years ago. They've invested in that. They've invested in James Daniels and Asimolo and Broderick Jones. So, you know, it's all going to be solid. There's nothing going to be wrong with it. It's just going to, there's no juice. There's no fun. There's no crack. And then on the defense, yeah, look, TJ Watt's going to get a load of sacks and Cam Wayward's like the best at uh, what he does at the 3-4 defensive end. And Mick Fitzpatrick will make big plays. But, you know, like, there's only so much a defense can do in the modern NFL. Like, if Bill Belichick is struggling to stop teams, albeit with lesser uh, stuff, then I just don't see this turning into like the you know Legion of Boom era Seahawks or you know the Ravens uh, like destructive defenses. It just you know I'm sure the, good you know defense. the steel the steel curtain if you wanted one for the team. <laughs> or the steel curtain if you're going further back, yeah. <laughs> but like it's going more contemporary. But like yeah. it, it's 
you know, like it's fine. It'll be good, probably good enough to to win and maybe make the playoffs. But you know, in the AFC, like in the NFC, this would be fine. I'd be like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting, whatever like that. But in the AFC, uh, it feels like an afterthought, even if they make the playoffs. Yeah, it was actually funny. Sean said, uh, so if you don't have a if you don't have a franchise quarterback, you're going nowhere in this league. I said, well, in this in this conference, maybe. <laughs> I think uh, I think I, th- I think non-franchise quarterbacks can definitely play off and plus in uh, the NFC at the moment. It just feels like Mike Tomlin's play. Like you know, this is how you do good, solid team building and team making, and this is how you coach. And it's all still correct. All the fundamentals are still correct. But but the things that are making people explode now, they don't got it. The the problem is the NFL actively incentivizes against slow team building by giving bad teams high draft pick. And by having caps that mean that you, if you yeah. use up your cap space, you can't you can't bring in a big standard. Like the Steelers are actively trying to compete against the way the NFL is trying to structure the which, league, which is which is which just is a why, bad idea. Which is why Mike Tomlin deserves like a lifetime achievement award, <laughs> and he has a Super Bowl ring as well, of course. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's like it's not the smart thing to do. No, no. Uh, <laughs> They're like we're the Steelers. It's what we do. We'll do we'll do what we want. Uh, I have them. Going ten and seven and getting the seven seed and sneaking into the wild card, but getting no further. Nine and eight, inevitable. It's inevitable. Um, the nine seed. Yeah, nine and eight so. probably isn't it. I've gone for seven and ten. I think that's just that the way the the various match matchups is, lined out. They probably will end up with nine wins because of Tom. I, I feel like my Steelers predictions yeah. have been like free candy for me, uh, for me recently. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, eight, eight, and one. Uh, that's actually it's interesting. I don't think in any. I don't think I predicted any draws this year, which I uh, probably should have. Uh, oh well, be good stuff. Fair enough. Well, that wraps up the AFC North. Uh, exciting time. So we have. I think we've all got two coming out of here, don't we? Yeah, we've all got two teams making the playoffs out of this team. I think we all had three teams making the playoffs out of the AFC East, which means it's a big scrap for the for the rest of the positions uh, that'll we be coming up. We all have the Chargers just missing out in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you say spoiler alert. Do I even have them that close? <laughs> I think you're quite down on the on the Chargers from what I've seen. Yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm definitely down by comparison to you guys on them. Unlike uh, no you, Connor. I know. Hey, I've been proven right for most of the recent years. <laughs> Um, but we'll see, we'll see. We won't, we won't spoil that. That's in uh, two weeks' time. That'll be because uh, the AFC South is coming up next. Uh, exciting time. A slightly, a slightly spicier AFC South than we're used to, maybe? Question mark. Uh, no. In a year. In, in a, a year. year. <laughs> this year, it's, not so much. And, uh, and the Titans stink <clears> is really, it's really like this farting in that room. Yeah, good. we've actually, yeah, we've, we've got, we've got a pretty, pretty, pretty strong uh, stinky Titans predictions. I think. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we have we have some variants. If you if you think we're all a little samey, I think the largest difference we had in predictions uh, in the last two episodes have been three games apart. I think is the largest divide we had. Uh, yeah, don't worry, that's going to change soon. <laughs> we uh, we have uh, we have a few uh, a few wilder wilder predictions coming up in the next section. Um, but yeah, so any plans for the weekend yourselves, lads? Uh, this is what I was trying to calculate which weekend we're talking about. <laughs> it's a long summer. Huh? Yeah. Yes. The summer will stretch endlessly before us. Yeah, I think I'm playing D and D this upcoming weekend, so that'll be that'll be good fun. See, uh, see what kind of terrible situations uh, contributor to the show Harry McEvans on you hasn't has, has in uh, in plan for us. That'll be good fun. But uh, yeah, 
Unseasonal. I can't believe we got snowstorms in June. Uh, <laughs> no, very good. Sure, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, so, this was bye, bye from Ronan. Bye. Bye from John. Bye. It's been all four quarters. Thanks for listening, and we'll chat to you next week. <laughs>